Welcome to the Reaching Forward Podcast. Let's reach forward for God. Let's walk forward for God. Our hands and arms are really made to reach forward. Our feet face forward, so we're meant to walk forward, right? You can walk backward. Just be careful. You might fall over. Reaching forward. Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. We'd like to direct your attention to the three questions in this text, which, which I will be using for the message this evening. I'm glad you could all join us. Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I'd like to preach on the thought of a message. And the answer really to those questions is they won't call, they won't believe, and they won't hear. Well, I want to preach on the thought of a message waiting for a message. Waiting for a message. Father, have your way in this service. Touch our hearts. Guide us. Help us reach forward for Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. A psychiatrist's secretary walked into the office and said, There's a gentleman in the waiting room asking to see you. He claims he's invisible. The psychiatrist didn't miss a beat. He said, Well, tell him I can't see him now. In the introduction, we have three questions. We really want to look at this in reverse, okay? We're going to take these questions uh, that are posed by the Apostle Paul in reverse. But people are waiting for a message. One preacher said the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. Now, let's look at the third question and reach and, and kind of we're looking at this backwards. The, the third question, which we'll deal with first, the apostle said, how shall they hear without a preacher? First, the gospel is a preached message. Well, it makes sense because you've got to preach it for people to believe on Christ, for people to know what to do with that knowledge. The gospel is a preached message because in the word of God, the Bible simply says, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Preaching is God's method. Preachers are God's method. God does not have a real backup plan. Yes, someone can get saved by reading the Bible. Yes, someone can get saved by, uh, you know, uh, an, an evangelical tract. But God used preaching and preachers. Now, it said the foolishness of preaching in 1 Corinthians, but the foolishness of God is wiser than men's wisdom. God uses messengers. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom if he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty 
on high. So in Hebrews chapter 1, the writer tells us God used different ways to speak to people. And the Bible says that really in the last days, he spoke to us through his son Jesus Christ. God has used heavenly angels to bring a message. In Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel brought a message to the parents of who was going to be John the Baptist, to the parents of who was going to be called Jesus Christ. Gabriel, the Bible says in Luke chapter 1 and verse 19, he said, I'm Gabriel. He was a messenger. Angel means messenger. That stand in the presence of God and I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. These good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. It was a message. It was a message from a heavenly angel. But God also uses earthly messengers. If you've read the book of Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20, the Bible said, Jesus speaking, the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand. You read that the stars are the angels of the seven churches. The angels were the ministers, the pastors, the messengers of those churches. There was a well-known Christian author and pastor, A.W. Tozier. And he was a teenager in Akron, Ohio, and he was converted to Christianity while on the way home from work at a tire company, he overheard a street preacher say, now we're waiting for a message. The greatest message you're ever waiting for is not to see if you won the lottery or if we're having school tomorrow or not because we live in Florida and there are hurricanes. My daughter didn't have school today. The greatest message that the world is waiting for is the message of Jesus Christ, the message of the gospel. Well, A.W. Tozier, not a Christian, headed home from work. He overheard a street preacher say, If you don't know how to be saved, just call on God, saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. So A.W. Tozier went home, climbed up into the attic, and heeded the preacher's advice. He got saved. Let's look at the dynamics of that street preacher. First, he gave a message. Someone heard it. That's the first thing that God said, how shall they hear without a preacher? God has someone to give the message. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God gave a message of information. And then God gave a message of action. Well, when the preacher preached, he, he had to hear the message, right? That's why preachers lift up their voice. They have a message because people are waiting for a message. They're waiting for hope. They're waiting for peace. They're waiting for a confidence. What happens on the other side of this world? What happens if I die? Well, the Bible said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's a message people need to hear. How shall they hear without a preacher? They won't, but with the preacher they will. The second question, How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? 
There was a young lady that came uh, by the church that I pastored some years ago, maybe a, a, a young 20-year-old. She wasn't that young, okay? My wife and I were at the church, and it wasn't church time. We were just at the church. You know, preachers, we're at the church a lot, and it seems that we're always going to the church or coming from the church, and my daughter must think we live there, but guess what? That's what preachers do, and that's the life that we live. But we were there, and she came in. She had never been in a church before. She didn't know what a Bible was. Now, this, was, this is in America. This is in Florida. And she didn't sound like she had a foreign accent. She sounded just like a kid that grew up, never had been in a church. Had no idea what the gospel was. And we tried to share some things with her and uh, gave her a Bible, and we never saw her again. We never saw her again. Well, the message of the preacher is a message of information so that people can believe in Jesus. That is the message of the gospel. When you go to church, you ask that preacher, tell me about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Bible said that all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus made everything. And the Bible says that when man lost that fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden through sin, through a shortcoming, through disobedience to God's Word, that Jesus came back and brought us redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. When Jesus came, it was to take the condemnation from man. And He said, well, why did God have to do it that way? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. God is a just God. God goes by a set of just rules. You know, people may ask, why didn't God just change the rules? Well, he's a just God. No one would like that, right? They just changed the rules. You saved $10,000 and they just changed the rules. Oh, we're not using dollars now. We're using a different currency. But wait, I, I saved, I saved $10,000. Sorry, we changed the rules. God works within a system of justice and sin must be paid for. And so when Jesus came, he died a horrible death on the cross that we would not have to die. There was some people need to know it's a truth. It's a historical fact. In fact, when Jesus was born, time changed. It went from, it started. It's called AD. We're in 2020. Anno Domini, the year of the Lord. Why? When Jesus came, he came to change our lives. And the Bible said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that what the law could not do, what rules could not do, what going to church could not do, what trying to be a good person could not do, but trying not to curse could not do, that it was weak through the flesh. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. You see, Jesus was born of a virgin. Mary was a virgin. 
And when Jesus was born through that virgin, through that woman, her egg, uh, the egg comes from the woman, right? The sperma or seed comes from the man. Well, that his, the sperma came through the Holy Spirit. Again, it wasn't a sexual relationship because she was a what? <laughs> a virgin, right? We have to look at this right. Well, that sin was passed down through the seed of man. And so that, that sin from Adam, when he sinned in the Garden of Eden and he broke fellowship with God, it was passed down and the death by sin was passed down. The consequences of sin were passed down. So when Jesus came... The seed had to come from above. He had to be without this sinful nature. And he lived also without sin. He said, which one of you condemns me? Which one of you condemns me or convicts me of sin? Jesus lived a life without sin. A sinless life. And we died on the cross and he said, it is finished. The payment was finished for sin. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. We need to learn that Jesus is our salvation and our only salvation. He is unlike any other religious leader that, that he came. He's the only one where God chose to die for his creation. Where God came to die for his people that to deliver them through his atoning death. People are waiting for a message, a message of forgiveness, a message of new hope, and it comes through Jesus. But they're also waiting for a message. Have you ever, the Bible says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Well, that street preacher had some good advice. It was very simple. It was very concise. He said, if you don't know how to be saved, just call on God saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, God requires that we take some action. When I went to the house of God, I don't remember the one thing that the preacher said. When I went to church as a young Marine, but I do remember he came to pray with me. And I ended up praying, inviting Christ into my life. He knew that action needed to be taken. A.W. Tozier heard that street preacher and knew he needed to call on God. He knew he needed to do something. And tonight, you need to do something with that information that God gives you. You need to call on God. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, it's Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. People are waiting for a message. Preachers have a message for people to hear. People are waiting for information. People preach Christ and Him crucified and resurrected from the dead. But preachers also teach people to take action. 
to take action, to get people to pray. The job of the preacher is to get that person to pray, to invite Christ into their life, to pray, to ask God, if maybe you're a Christian, to pray. Come to that place. Believe God for that healing. Believe God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Believe God for that thing that you have been praying for. Believe God for a deeper walk with Him. Take action. How shall they call upon Him? In whom they have not believed. Well, they won't. But if they have believed, they will call. And that we, we call upon the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. We call upon the name of the Lord, we'll receive what we ask for. We call upon the name of the Lord. Then maybe we'll be used. Because someone else is waiting for a message. A.W. Tozier, maybe an unlikely teenager to some, but he was important to God. He later authored over 40 books and ministered for 44 years. There was a street preacher that had a message. You know, God has a message. There's a message for you to hear, but a message for you to understand. And then there's a message for you to take action. To take action. You know, maybe you're the message someone's been waiting for. Maybe the message that you have, and maybe you're not a preacher. But maybe that message is to go to that person that you know that isn't a Christian. Get him to come to church. Ask him if they want to pray at the altar call. Be sensitive to this great need of men and women, knowing that people are waiting for a message. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, let's take action. If you're not a Christian, just simply invite Jesus Christ into your life. He'll save you. And he'll forgive you of your sin, and he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness, waiting for a message. God bless you.